0: hello and welcome to open all ours the qbr podcast this is our last podcast of what has been a very 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 long year i haven't counted how many episodes we've done But it's a lot. We are recording, when is it? The 21st of December, something like that. The Monday night before Christmas. And I am joined by three fellow regulars of the podcast. So we have Paul Finney down the line. You are right? I should say TV star, Paul Finney. But we'll come back to that whilst I've introduced everyone else. We've also got Chris there. Hello. How are you, Chris?
1: Uh, Yes, I'm all right. I'm okay. Um,
0: You're a survivor, aren't you?
1: So far, so far, yes. Um, Yeah, the whole family's had the dreaded COVID, um, like from a couple of weeks ago. And I I sort of managed to swerve it so I could look after everyone. But yeah, seemingly, as I've been out to taste or smell anything for the last five days, um, I, I think I'm probably there now as well. Um, but yeah.
2: It's horrible isn't it Chris? It's horrible. It's I've not, had it and it's, it's not
1: great. It's not brilliant. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't give a shit about myself and the main thing was the kids but you know, touch wood they've come out of it okay so that's good. I'm an old soldier. I'm sure I can um, I'm sure I'll be alright but yeah, um, it's not great. Uh, I, it seems like I know more people that have got it than haven't at the moment. It seems to have just been spread through the schools like wildfire. Not going to get political and say what people should or shouldn't have done but Yes, seems to be a lot of it about at the moment, as they say.
0: Well, we're you're glad to hear haircut. that. You're...
1: Yeah, yeah, I do need a haircut. Yeah, the first oh. thing they all said was Fred West when they appeared on here.
0: I, which is I nice. was going to say, I was going to say, it's obvious that you've lost your sense of, of taste because uh, I can see from the t shirt and the hairstyle that you're sporting that that's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, yeah, that's a damned a damned, uh, damned t shirt. A cover of neat, neat, neat. In case anyone's interested. Where the hair is, yeah, Chris. I'm pleased. Um, do, do, we're do, 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 do.
0: pleased. We're pleased that you're through the other side.
1: Yeah, and well, and well done, the Chris. family.
0: Family are as well, and Clive is also there. Yes, like Clive. hello. How are we? Um, we're all right. We're going to wind you up, keep winding <laughs> you up, and then release you in a few minutes' time. Okay. So, um, I, I, I am slightly concerned that this podcast has the the potential to be. Quite depressing, and to add to a, a tier four-related mood of depression. So, I thought nothing to do with QPR. Finney, you and your good lady wife have been on the news tonight because you had to do some. You had to do a wedding at late notice on Saturday night. Is that right? That's
2: made uh, news everywhere. What hell was? She, I was watching the Rangers obviously, and I was ranting. We'll get on to that, I'm sure, as as the um, podcast develops. Because it wasn't the best of days. And I was... I, I love Dave Thomas' thing where he said that, you know, he needs his laptop fixed because he chucked out the window. Anyway, I was a bit like that. And then Liz came in, and then the phone rang, and she went, how much have you had to drink? And I was like, "But well, watching that, not enough. But I only had one, and she goes, right, we've got to do a, to do a wedding. And I thought she would taking the piss, but no, she wasn't. And uh, we went down to Edgeworth. Synagogue, and we put a hooper together in about 20 minutes, and got all the flowers out, the wedding flowers, everything, and the everyone else turned up. And it was it was it was actually quite emotional to be fair because I've had to be trying to get married since um, March, and it's been horrible. So yeah, it was nice to get to get it done. Uh, obviously, the four o'clock in nor did our second half performance, and um, yeah. So and by the way, it was not late because the woman caretaker at the synagogues. Um, late partner was also a season ticket holder at Rangers because the first thing she said to me is that a QPR shirt a QPR scarf and I went yeah I was so pleased she didn't say another wrestling team she goes, oh god no I knew it was QPR I could tell the difference so you that have, was nice
0: you you had the QPR related performance of the day on Saturday if you helped someone's wedding happen before lockdown so
1: well do you know oh, what yeah. it's it's
2: crap isn't it I mean it, 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 you know Liz has just been on TV about it and the ITV news and it's just crap. This is, it was a nice thing to do, but it's been so emotional. We've lost all our work, and it was nice to get back into swing again. We're just delivering, so it was lovely to get into events again, because that's what we do, and um, it was nice. And when you hear people cram because of just a simple thing you've done, it's, it's nice, especially in a crap year. But um, I could have done with someone else to talk to about Rangers, because I was still in, in that kind of mode of, did that just happen?
0: Well, let's talk about that. So, um, Wickham. On Saturday. I don't think we've actually we didn't do a podcast last week, so we've potentially got three results to talk about. And what we definitely need to talk about after this is the return, the brief return of going to see Rangers Live and what it was like going to games. Clive, I'm pushing I am activating the Clive release button and oh, asking you to talk about Saturday. See you in about
1: minutes, folks.
0: Yeah, see you guys. We'll go, we'll go on mute.
3: <laughs> like I'm becoming a caricature in this podcast. Um well it was never gonna be easy. I know you know Wickham are a basic team and operate on the lowest budget ever seen in this division, and yada yada, we know the, the circumstances behind it. Apart from their first away game at Blackburn, where I think they got beat 5-0, they've n- nobody's been able to just sweep them aside. I think ten of their games have been settled by, by one goal and six. On top of that, have been draws, so it was always going to be tight, wet, and cold, and windy and muddy, niggly, all all of that, and it was everything that I thought it would be, and more. Um, we nearly conceded off a set piece after a minute, which you just it blow, it just blows your mind that we keep doing that. We got away with it. We came back into the game. We scored scored a goal, which was very befitting of the match. We spent the second half giving the ball away a lot and you just think, just just get there and get this scrappy 1-0, end this run. And it's it's the repeat mistakes. And I, d- I was fuming after the game because the problem in the second half was we stopped keeping the ball, we stopped passing the ball. But that was the problem at Millwall as well. And the problem at Millwall was they took Carroll and Chair off. And then they took Carroll and Chair off again. And I just... You lose sympathy when the same mistakes, you see the same mistakes on set pieces. The, set, the Wickham goal is very similar to the Huddersfield goal that we conceded. When they're doing the same things wrong and the manager's making the same mistakes and the same substitutions, you run out, you kind of run out of sympathy and run out of mitigating circumstances. I just, I don't get why you would take Carol and Chair off when the problem is we're not keeping possession of the ball. I just... I don't get it. I just, nobody will be able to defend it or explain it to me. Even if it's a sports science thing and Carroll, I think, had been injured for 10 months before he got here. So absolutely fine. Maybe can't do 90 minutes or whatever. Maybe that's the same thing with chair. But again, he kind of loses the sports science argument when you look that he picks the same team every week. We're playing multiple times a week at the moment. We've all heard the games coming thick and fast. But it's the same team jeff cameron's playing every game like what is he 36 37 you i think you lose the sports science argument when the same players are unused subs every week the same we're making the same substitutions we're not making the five substitutions we're picking the same players i think only cardiff have used fewer players than us this season 21 we've used 22 You know, there's teams in this league have used 30 players. So you kind of lose the sports science argument. And would it not be better to leave Carroll on, leave chair on, push through, get that result against Millwall and then maybe even sack off the next game? Like target games for wins or I don't know. Look, I'm I'm always wary about ranting about managers because I know nothing about it. But Watching him make the two substitutions that didn't work at Millwall and he knows they didn't work at Millwall and watching him make them again I was pretty heartbreaking for me, I've got to be honest, because I want him to stay and I like him and everything. But watching him make substitutions that are proven not to work again was pretty, it was pretty soul-destroying, I've got to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, they say I, the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting to get a different result and uh, that, <clears throat> saying Mark Walburton's mad <laughs> before anyone says anything. But yeah, it, it, that, that totally baffled me as well. It, 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 it's just, we don't seem to have that, you know, we, we, when we do take a lead, we can't hang on to it, you know, it's, and at the moment we just, we, we just need to do something different. There's just, as Clive said, keep the ball, see it out Get the three points and run. And if, if necessary, yeah, make some changes for the next game. But yeah, I, I, I was totally gobsmacked by that. Totally. Gobsmacked I, will t- by
3: that. I will tell you this, and then I'll shut up, and because I know Finny wants to talk, but I, I just I was so I was in such a bad place at the end of that game on Saturday that I just sort of sat back on the sofa and and just sat there basically for an hour thinking about it. And a couple of people would WhatsApp me and whatever, and I, I spoke to someone on the phone. But about an hour after the game, I still had the stream on. And uh, suddenly after an hour, the post-match uh, interviews came up and uh, Warburton came up first. I, I don't know who the, where the feed was coming from, whether it was Sky or BBC or whatever, but Jackie Oatley was doing the interviews and Warburton came up first. And it was all the usual stuff, which, which only darkened my mood further and uh, we will maybe come on to that. But Gareth Ainsworth came up next and Jackie Oatley introduced him as QPR manager Gareth Ainsworth. <laughs> um, and he he, t- he took it well but i was like oh okay
0: i think uh yeah we we you you were, you, you seem to be in a in um a bad place on, on on saturday night Clive with a few of your tweets i think you were the only person who news of tier 4 actually cheered up their mood
2: it's weird you should you should have come to you should have come to the synagogue with me Clive and helped me put up a hooper um but do you know what it, it's it's every every everyone's got opinions about the manager and about the director of football and about everything that's going on in the club because this is what this this versus six manager since relegation um are thereabouts isn't it Wolverton so we're kind of like we're no further on and we're people are saying oh we're getting better this way we're getting better that way but to me if that was a manager fighting for his job he didn't help himself and this is what is frustrating me we want it, I want him to work I want him to succeed because that means QPR succeed I don't want to be sitting on Twitter, whinging like an arse every every game and saying the same thing every game because it's just, it's boring. And I want Rangers to win again. I want some pride back at the team. We lose way too many games and we give away the most stupidest of goals. And it's just, it's reload, repeat, reload, repeat. It, it just doesn't, and, and then the stuff that he's coming out with about the training and not training together. And, you know, if we only got four points before one game when we didn't get, for the Stoke game, when we didn't get, you know, it's like, he's not helping himself and the players are certainly not helping him. And more depressingly is no one seems to be enjoying playing for us at the moment. Bright Sam has gone right into himself from expressed himself to just... I watched him the other night against Stoke. He wasn't interested. I mean, it, it, they could say he wasn't fit, but then don't put him on the pitch because, you know, you're on the pitch, you've got to do something. I don't know. It's just so... It is very, very, very depressing. And the, the, what got me was, yes, Wickham scored the goal and people were arguing whether we scored a goal or not. But this is embarrassing. We're not scoring enough goals. We're not creating enough chances. Dykes looks completely at C by himself up there and um, if we're honest with ourselves Wickham should have had a penalty they missed a couple of open nets and they could have scored in the first seconds of the game um, and it could have been a lot worse it wasn't I know we have some butts, and then we came at them and you know did things but we're not we're not responding that like i had expected him to respond to. we want to A. save the manager B. perform for the badge and C. do themselves pride and um, I don't know. I don't know what's well, going to happen. I don't know how he's, he's going to survive this. I really don't, because at the end of the day, they're not helping him. And why are they not helping him? Or is he not helping I, himself? I, I, what the I hell's think, going on? I
0: think, I think we're all saying similar things. I, there doesn't seem to be a response from Warburton. So I'm in the same boat as Clive. I am loath I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm loath to sort of comment on tactical decisions when the ground that I'll be standing on Um, In making those comments would be quite shaky but you do expect some change and some progress if it's not working do something I think we've won one in nine so make a change and and I I can't help but think is he is I don't know if this is a thing but is he trying to managers try and get themselves sacked and is that what he's trying to do because otherwise why is he not doing anything there's just inaction on his part
1: I don't know about I don't know about that. As far as I know, his contract runs out at the end of this season, doesn't it? Is that my right in saying? So can't really see what advantage there would be in uh, getting him. It's not like he's going to get you know paid off like four years or anything like that. Um, but I, I think it's, it's been said many times before, but he's very stubborn. I mean the, the football we played at times last season was exceptional, great to watch. But last season we had the goals to bail us out. It was basically I mean, yeah. if, you're to, if you're going to adopt a we're going to score one more than you policy, then you need to have players who are going to put the goals in. And last season, that sort of papered over the cracks because we were getting three twos and we were we were nicking wins here and there because we had a lot of goals. And in this season, we haven't got that. And unsurprisingly, it's not working because we haven't got the goals to, to, to bail us out this time. Um, and I, I just want to, sorry, just a friend of the podcast, Warren Ringham, just sent me an um, article, interview with Clint Hill back in May. <clears throat> you probably remember it, but I'm just indulge me for a second. I'm just going to read this out uh, from when he was in charge of the other Rangers. We never worked on defensive work with Mark, and that was a big concern for us. So we did lots of attacking free kicks and corners, but we never do a defensive corner. That riled Joey Barton up one day, and he said, why aren't we pra- practising our defensive corners? Oh, we don't do that, he said. Well, maybe we should. I used to speak to Davey Weir and be like, why aren't we working on it? Why aren't we doing this stuff? He said, we just don't do that. We're all about the football. We're all about passing, keeping hold of the ball, working teams. You need something else. I just think you need a plan B. Listen, we play some good football at times, but you go to places like Inverness on the plastic, Hamilton on the plastic pitch, you need to be solid. You need to be compact. You need to scrap out a 1-0 win. It's not all about getting 800 passes and making things look good. So that was Clint Hill back in May, about the old Rangers team. Now to me, a lot of that rings very true, and I'm sure for everybody else.
2: It's just it's just standard, isn't it? I mean, look, Clive said it better than me, because he always does. But, um, you know, the fact that they didn't score in the first seconds of the game from a set... You know, it's just like time and time. Keane against Stoke was getting absolutely mullered down the flanks. Why Stoke didn't keep doing that, I don't know. They seemed to have eased off. I mean, and the amount of 60-yard passes that we we're conceding possession to... When our fullbacks have got the the, the, the more yards and the, and the player makes the, the winger makes up the yards on them and stuff like that, it's just—is it carelessness? Is it lack of training? Are, are we undercooked? Are we not training right? Is it just excuse after excuse after excuse? Would Wolverton fire you up and make you want to go out there and conquer the world? Probably not. The way things are looking, I don't know, but something is very wrong. Whether and and we're and it will go above his head as well because. Wilberton's brought in a, a lot of his own players. Um, the reason why we're director football is they're supposed to make sure that the players come in are going to help us. Uh, some of the players haven't, and, and that's that's in everyone's head. So I, I don't know how this is going to resolve itself. I, I, I,
0: I hate this blaming other things. Like, mm. And what I mean by that is the tale is when you start saying we can't play them together, we haven't been able to train um, Bond and Dykes together because they're not 100% fit or we haven't been able to play Tom Carroll for 90 minutes in December, by the time of December. Um, the sports science is stopping us from playing these ball, these ball players for the whole game. The tail is wagging the dog by the time you're starting on that. Like, Just stop using everything else as an excuse and just how about you make the decisions and you manage. If you want to play that player for 90 minutes, do it. Why do you need to consult a folder a ring binder to tell you whether you can do it. How about you manage and just do it? Um, sorry about that. Is he yeah,
3: no, like is it, it is it time get, to go? Get the re- get the result over the line. And if that player is then knackered for the following game, then we'll deal with that in the following game. But exactly. you know we've we've made we've made changes and substitutions that have made us worse in a lot of games just lately. Rotherham, Millwall, Wickham. The training thing I mean, we'll come on to whether I'm sure we'll come on to whether you would get rid of him and where we are on that i i I would like us to give him to at least Wickham at home because I don't think over the next few weeks we actually have as many midweek games the way Christmas falls and things like that, so in theory, there should be some of his precious time on the training ground. I remember in the latter days of Steve McLaren he said the same thing: We're not able to get out on the training ground too many fixtures when this uh, fixture list spreads out a little bit, we'll get back on the training ground, we'll be fine. And what happened with him was he then went into a march where we only had four games and we had three of them at home against a poor Stoke team and Rotherham and Bolton, who were the two bottom teams. Um, and he lost He lost to Rotherham and Bolton and and got the sack. So maybe that's what's going to happen with Warburton with the, with the training thing and making excuses. Like I say, I feel like, when you're picking the same team every week when Jeff Cameron's playing every game and what you, I think you lose the sports science excuse then because Mm. why, you know, why are we not having a game where we play a scratchy team with a load of kids in it and just say, well, we've had to do that this week so that we're ready for Saturday. It's just, I can tell you what the team's going to be against Swansea on boxing day. Now, give or take Tom Carroll will either play 10 or he'll play deep. Apart from that, I can tell you what the team's going to be to to a man. Mm you know there's no he's not rotating i feel like the more criticism he gets and i got this when i when i spoke to him the more criticism you give him about something the more he entrenches into like he was he was more flexible last year than we thought he was going to be right at one stage we went to a back 3 at one stage he brought lischner back in having previously written him off at one stage cameron went to right back to cope with an opponent there was some flexibility there which we've been told he wouldn't do now the pressure's on and the criticisms come in. It feels like he's just really digging in. And if he's going to lose this job, he's going to lose this job doing it absolutely plan A his way. It's it's, I mean, it's a crazy thing to watch because although we keep coming
2: back to it, the substitutions are just head scratching because you're kind of thinking if you're trying to win this game by taking these two players off is 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 a farce. It's just it's just not going to happen. And what I noticed and I think we both well. On Twitter, we we both said the same thing, Clive. At times, it was noticeable against Reading and Stoke. How loud and vocal the captains of them teams were, and how they talked to every single player, and how non-vocal we are as a team. Take away um, the, the keeper.
3: Um, it's, it's it. We're so quiet out there. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's incredible. Absolutely, Reading in particular. Um, just Reading. I felt like Liam Moore was commentating on that game for me. They're yeah. the middle of their back three he never shut up and he drove them around the field and he told, he was just constantly telling everyone where to be. And apart from our, basically in our team, Senny Dien keeps shouting when he wants Dicky to go and win the first ball. So yeah. all you can hear from QPI is basically Dien going, go on Dickey, go on Dicky," And that's it. Whereas Reading, it was like having a running commentary from this centre back who was driving the team around with, with very quiet. You notice that, being back in the ground with so few of us, very, very quiet team. And how and, did we all find that? Sorry, Kyle. uh, fairly depressing, but I don't want to say that because I know that I was privileged to be in there.
0: That's I fair think enough. That those I mean, two things can can exist side by side,
2: can't they? Yeah, of course, they can. There's nothing, nothing not, on that. not on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Clay, if to you do know what? <laughs> you know what, you, 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 you're going to get called it anyway. I've learned this, and I don't give a shout anymore what they say, because if if you fart in Twitter in the wrong direction, someone's going to say you're up the club's arse, and if you say anything, they're going to call you negative towards the club and look at him six weeks ago. Just be yourself. If no one likes you, don't like it. We
0: put this out on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Apart from people who applied late or their circumstances changed, I, I still haven't... We asked anybody who went in the ballot and didn't get a ticket to come forward. And I still haven't heard of anyone. So- I
3: know I know a couple of people that were in for Reading and didn't get there, um, but I am aware of the figures that applied for Reading, and it was not much more than two thousand. I think nearly everybody that applied got one. Right, and you only had to look around at Stoke. There were not two thousand people in there. The opposite. My, story- my
1: mate, my mate James Doe. Um, uh, who, who, who some people might know from the walks and organised non-league day. He didn't get one for Stoke, which was slightly weird. Because um, he, he really- must Chris, he
3: must have messed his application. He must have done because there were not yeah. two thousand people there. Yeah, that's. And what I mean. know how I mean. many applications yeah. they got for Reading, and they certainly didn't get that for Stoke.
1: No, I mean for for me, I got I got both of them, but obviously because of the situation at home. I had to hand them both in, so I wasn't, you know, I was gutted at the time, but I don't know if it's... Remember, a it, it was
0: also four hours or five hours before we went into Tier 3, and so I suspect there were quite a lot of people who may have got a ticket and then taken the decision that... Of
1: course, they, yeah, that's or, true.
0: That they didn't then want to go to the game, because we yeah. were you, quite but close but to the Tier 3.
2: There, there is a real worry, and I've talked about this numerous times, because I'm a born old fart, and I forget what I say, I mean, memory's has Um, But I am worried about the impact all these defeats and all this is having on the fan base as a whole because people, the club would like me saying this, but it's true, people are losing interest in Rangers because it's the same old, same old, same old, same old. And let's face it, if Derby and Forrest get their arse together, we are in serious trouble unless we can get flying. And that worries the bejesus out of because if we go down this time, there's no coming back. This club will be absolutely stuck in that division for a while. And we need to, we need to wake up. We need to shake ourselves, wake up, and realize we're in a dogfight. And we need to start, the players need to start playing for the manager. And the manager stop, needs to stop coming up with the most ridiculous excuses I've ever heard since Freddie the Shoplift got caught with five marathons down his trousers. You know, it's, you know, it's
0: the perfect storm. It's the you perfect storm, per- though, add, for the younger viewers. You, yeah. <laughs> you, um, you add all that, add all that to the pandemic as well. And the fact is, people, it's not as enjoyable. People are losing their connection with it. Because they're watching it through a laptop stream, a laptop screen with a stream that doesn't work and boots you off for the first half, which is a whole other conversation to have.
1: The thing it, is, it, it's not that... just this season, though. I mean, if, if you go back to to March the seventh, we win three one at Preston. Um, we come back from a goal down. Mm. Preston were flying at the time. Scored the other two with ten men, because Cameron's been sent off. Um, that was the third win in five. We, we, we were up to 12 outside chance of the playoffs. Everything's going to swimmingly. Season re- resumes in June. We've still got Ezzy, We've still got Hugill. We've still got Manning. And we lose five of our next six. We lose home to Barnsley, Fulham, Wednesday away to Charlton Wigan. Um, and he came out with a barrel of excuses then. I mean, if that season had continued in the vein on, on March the 7th, I mean, I, I, at that stage, I was looking up at the table. And then we just... I don't know what the opposite is to hit the ground running. Maybe just hit the ground uh, and, 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 and just didn't take off. So I think these problems had started before this season and certainly the excuses have
3: there's, there's some serious questions to be asked because like you say, we came back from lockdown and something has been very different, right? Um, and I get he's lost a lot of quality players out of the squad and whatever. All of this, we said all of this about McLaren... We didn't like his team selection. We didn't like his substitutions and we didn't like his post-match comments. Holloway didn't like his random team selections, couldn't fathom the substitutions, didn't like his post-match comments. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, we didn't like how negative his team selections were. We didn't like him coming out and saying it is what it is after every game. To move the conversation on. You know, who's next and why are they going to be any different? Why do you have faith in this club to appoint anybody better? Look at what's available. I think the list of available managers that would come here is bleak. And the more no, and more you change the manager, like- and the more and more it doesn't make any difference. The more and more it makes me think that the manager is not the problem here. We would be better for coming through this bad spell with the same manager in charge, making it clear to the players and whatever that we're, you know, this, we're sticking with this. I mean like Southampton. Well, there were, you know, Watford sacked their manager. Watford sacked their manager every week, and Southampton replaced the manager repeatedly. But you know, when Southampton replaced the manager, it's often with somebody quite similar to what went before. Same as mm. Swansea. You know, that we bounce from like class clown to PR man to
1: really, defensive
3: great. young European to attacking Premier League veteran, we bounce backwards and forwards. And with every manager, we change our recruitment. So this squad that we've got now is built entirely for Warburton.
2: But it's do got- we even know?
3: But Clive, do we even know who recruits
2: the managers? What the process is? Who, is it Hughes? Is it Leyes? Is it Ruben? Is it,
3: what is it? Who is the it? The manager or the
2: players? Who's recruiting? Exactly. I don't know who's recruiting who. I mean, you can't tell me that Leyes is recruiting players when someone like Ball turns up, Wallace, Kelly... But, well, no, hey, exactly. we've all played with Warburton, so that's 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 weird within itself. And Les is
3: supposed to be it, and that's the problem. Who the manager is is not the problem. That's the problem. Who's mm. who's driving the strategy? Who's driving the recruitment? Who's driving the recruitment of managers? Because it's still all over the show. You have Hasselbank coming in. We go and we go shopping in Europe, and you get Sholek and Borussia and Silla, and then you bounce from him to ian holloway who comes in and says you know not sure about the the french lads in the championship we need to we and then we start shopping local and lower league and you get matt smith and luke freeman do quite well and then you ditch him and you bring in steve mclaren who immediately says i'm not signing lower league players you know we need Mm. a team of men here so suddenly with this club that loans premier league players now and then You get rid of him, you bring Mark Warburton in and suddenly players that Mark Warburton started working with before turns up. That's the problem, not who the manager is. That's the problem. There's no set line of, right, we are a club that signs players from Europe or we are a club that signs lower league players or we are a club that brings in Premier League loans. Like You see it at Swansea. They've changed managers three or four times in the time that we've changed, but their recruitment and their team is very level.
1: You know, last year they have Brentford. Brentford, the obvious example as well for that, isn't it? There is. We've been saying this for for months, years. You need to have a style in place, and, and fit the manager to the style, and exactly. and, tell it, and tell the manager in the interview, this is what we want, and this is what we'll be. But it, it, you're right. It just seems to be bouncing from. And, and but it, like to so ridiculous. It's not. They're not even close. I mean, if you look at Holloway, and McLaren, and Warburton, it's, they're not even more than poles apart it's absolutely don't forget
2: Ramsey was Ramsey was in charge as well for a while and 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 that was all going to be based on youth and produce of the under 18s and 23s and so forth as well I mean it was interesting
1: so you come out of
3: Redknapp into Ramsey you go out of Ramsey into Hasselbank you go out of Hasselbank into Holloway it's mad it's all over the map that's the problem not the guy picking the team although you know justified frustrations with all of those people about their team selections and their substitutions and whatever. Warburton blew my mind at the weekend, but I have no faith that they would replace him with anybody better and I know for a fact that we would be sitting on this podcast, not even 12 months from now, saying I'm sick of Nigel Pearson's substitutions, I'm sick of his miserable team selections and I'm sick of his post-match comments, and Nigel Pearson won't be the problem either. Oh, Tim, sure would. For, for we'll teams who've
0: listened to our podcast for a while, Clive does say this. every. There comes a point in every manager's tenure when Clive makes the same argument and the same mistakes keep happening and, again. Do you know what, again. Dave, as
2: well? The, the worrying thing is, do you remember you know when we had a new on a few weeks ago? Um, and he, he, he was... Were you on that one, Clive? I can't remember. I've I've listened to it
3: and I've I've spoken to him since. And he's exactly right.
2: right. And he said about Les that he was just literally going through the A to Z of how to be a director of football. He said that Chris Ramsey was really out of his depth, but they'll do what they're told because they're prepared to do this sort of thing. So he wasn't particularly in awe of any of them. And and that, that was a worry. So he was more or less saying the problems are above the manager. Um, and I don't know anymore because I want Les to work. I like Les. I, like, I think Ramsey's a, a, an interesting character in, in, in what he's brought in to do. You know, the youth 2 are brought the league. The other 23s are, are, are having a bad season. The first team's having a bad season. So this is going through the core of the club. And you can't just have a accept and lose and make excuses as a policy to go forward. Eventually, it will grind you into the ground and you will go down. It's just, if, if our strategy is to, to be better than three teams in this league, then we are going to come very badly unstuck. One of the more
3: telling things is we don't even get new manager bounce. Apart,
1: <laughs> so true, so true. When McLa- what, McLaren lost his boat. first
3: five games. One of them, seven-one. Holloway won one of his first eight or nine. Hasselbank <laughs> it took him nine games to get a win. Chris Ramsey, I think, two wins in first ten or eleven. Redknapp took him six, seven, eight games to get a win. You don't even get, don't get new manager that. bounce. The manager isn't is the problem. The manager
1: well, isn't the problem. Bounce was all right, wasn't
2: it? As I recall, um, um, yeah, he started off quite well, didn't he? To be fair, yeah. but you know the weird thing is, it's like if you speak to some people that I know that are Brentford fans, it, it's interesting when you get a different side of the argument on Wolverton because the reason why they fell out is allegedly he was going after other jobs while he was at Brentford. Now that's an interesting thing, and then when he was at Rangers, he was going for the Forest job. Yeah, yeah. And then he bins Manning because Manning won't sign the contract. And I find that quite a strange stance to take. If you're a manager and you've been applying for jobs while you're still in the job and then you don't want players playing. And then, of course, Bright Samuel hasn't signed the contract. So he's totally contradicted himself with that stand already. So there's a few things that he's doing that just doesn't make sense and also aren't consistent. If we were,
0: if we were any sort of proper cast at this point, we have absolutely no idea if any of that is true. Mr. Wilberton's lawyers.
2: Oh, no, I, I mean, I'm one. not, I'm not, oh. I'm only going what you pick up. Um, right, Dave, is just,
1: is just, my daughter. just joined us.
2: Hi, Lois, you are right? oh, Hi,
1: but, Right, right, but, yeah, know, so well, Of course,
2: David, I mean, all I've got to go on that okay. is what people have told me, and I'm just talking about it as a general thing, you know, but there the does seem to be, the, the thing with Manning and Bright Samuel, well, let's just look at them two. One rule for one, one rule for another. And then Manny was hung out to drive by the club, in my opinion as well, when he left. He was absolutely hammered, um, which I didn't think was great. And we've, we've missed him, you know, in mm. my opinion.
0: Um, I'm going to try and move it on. And before we get to the rs end, ask you, seeing as it's the last podcast before Christmas, what you would like for Christmas. Now, I, I, let me clarify. I don't care what you actually want for christmas in your real life so chris, that would be if you nice want that, you want that scale electrics that's fine but that's not the purpose of the question what do you want for your qpr christmas go on chris
1: me oh bloody hell that's the a- only chris a- here you <laughs> <laughs> know well um who do i want um it's all
0: right. We did. We did discuss that this question was coming. Yeah, no, we I know, and I still.
1: I still haven't. Had time. I want to be able to enjoy well, the, I want to be able to enjoy the football again. And there was a point last season, as I've already alluded to, when okay, we had easy and, and the rest of the guys, but it was quite fun. It, like Luton at home, being a prime example. I mean, you know, absolutely Brazil for the first half, and okay, messed it up in the second half. Um, but I, I, I want to get back to that feeling because I. I don't like Ryan I don't you know everyone's saying they want Ainsworth to come in I mean look at the sort of football play with Wickham although admittedly
2: he'd be crucified
1: yeah um I, I just want to enjoy I mean not even going to well, first of all I want to go back to football again how it is and actually go along it's so much better on the you know even when you lose you go on the tube you've got a few hundred fans like-minded fans by the time you get back home or you go to the pub afterwards you discuss it. And you're a much better frame of mind. At the moment, it's just me and Nancy sitting watching the football and just sitting and stewing abrupt answers to everyone else in the house. And 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 you've got nothing to bounce off. So the first and foremost, I want that. Um, yeah. And secondly, I w- yeah, I would like to, I, I'd, I'd like Walburton to succeed. Of course I would. I don't want to keep sacking managers. But from that Clint Hill piece that I read out earlier on, it does seem that that, that as Clive said as well, once, once things start going against him, he sort of digs the trench even deeper um, uh, 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 and th- that stubborn streak comes out.
0: Um, am, yeah,
1: I'm gonna pass what, it on to somebody else. So well, I what know. I
0: want is, is not dissimilar to that. The, yet, the main thing I want for Christmas is for Mark Warburton to realise is that it doesn't make you a bad person or any less of a person to change things. I want him to actually just make some changes and do things a bit differently because it's not working. He knows much better than me what those changes will be, but it's blindingly obvious to everyone if you keep doing the same thing. It just looks like he's trying to get sacked, quite honestly, if he doesn't start changing things. So that the only gift I want is 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 is
2: changes, changes and tweaks. Paul. Oh, um yeah, it's Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? So what I want is I want Wolverton, Les, Chris and everyone in the coaching staff to shove the words down my throat to make me look really stupid after all my mourning and whinging and go into the run of mother of all great runs. They all save their jobs, QPR, fly at the table, we beat in the FA Cup. And people start enjoying going back to football again. Because if we're not careful, we're going to lose more and more fans to Football Brentford. People don't like me saying it, but it's freaking true. People are going to go to other places to see football. And we've got to somehow hold this club together, hold the fan base together and go forward. And you're not going to do that. Losing every week and coming out with the most insane reasons why you're losing that are just embarrassing. And it embarrasses the club to come out with their reasons. Put some pride back on the field. Put some hope back in the hoops. And prove everyone wrong and do it. And if the players are planning to get the manager of sack, then they've got to question themselves as well. Everyone should be questioned, but everyone should come out with some kind of answer, some kind of response, and pick their fucking arse off the floor and do something.
3: Clive. My short answer to start with was going to be a central midfielder that can pass. And <laughs> I watched teams... In similar situations to us, similar budgets, who like Coventry, who've got this lad Hamer, who plays deep in midfield, or Barnsley, who've got Mowat, who plays deep in midfield. And God, I watched Josh Laurent play for Reading at ours last week. And I just think somebody like that, that can pick a ball up off the defence on the half turn and go and do something, but is also physical enough to defend would transform would would transform the team in in my opinion and war makes the when when that is put to him always says well that player cost 10 million pounds and i'm not convinced of that um they don't. when you like when you see coventry picking up hamer you know we that's recruitment <laughs> letting us down again so a central midfielder that can pass but then listening to chris just a saturday i'd just love a saturday with a breakfast and the crown full of people and sitting around with my mates having a day. I don't even care if we win, listen, you know, go just a Saturday, whatever the result, a normal Saturday with my mates would, uh, would be amazing. I don't even care about the score. Um, if I can't have a midfielder that can pass, I'd, I'd just love that.
1: Yeah. where well you could walk in, shake hands, embrace, cheer, <laughs> buy stuff.
0: 20, 2021. <laughs> Is coming 2020.
2: But do you know what else we? I mean, going back to that, no, Crit. I mean, Clive, you're bang on. Why do we keep saying these people cost 10 and 12 million? Then we spend millions of pounds on strikers and bench them. It makes no bloody sense. You know, we, we've got three strikers. Let's try and play with two of them sometimes. You know, let's try and do, let's stop the anti we, but let's put a smile in the face. Try and look at the like it. They
0: haven't trained together. <laughs> well, here's yeah. an idea train them together. The recruitment very simple solution to them not having trained together. Train them. Recruitment is the problem. Tomorrow,
3: I agree. Recruitment's the problem, not the manager. Um, This team being this team being sent into this season with that central midfield and those fullbacks. I think I. Whenever we ask the club who who spots the players, who scouts players, who signs the players, I feel like they're deliberately wooly about it because they know it'll get to this point and we'll want to point the finger at whoever's responsible for it. Um, whoever sent this team into this mi- season with this midfield and these fullbacks, it's their fault. If that's Warburton, fine, sack him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. The recruitment's the problem, both of managers and players. That's the problem, not the manager.
1: But given how stubborn Warburton is, I can't see that he would just sit back and just let people just foist all these different players on on, on his team. Without his say so, without his agreement, it just seems. Was, a bit angry
3: me. was the recruitment any better before? The only time we really we had a little period when Gary Penrice a- was a- suddenly a- was, a- was a- suddenly sort of flavor of the month, and we got Luke Freeman, which was a good signing. Matt Smith was a good signing. You know, Go. that you know, we have made good signings through here, but generally the recruitment has has not been good enough. There have been some good signings this year. I like Willock. I really like Dickey. If you want to finish on a positive, I think Dickey's great. And I think he could make us a lot of money. I thought he was our best player on Saturday. He's got some kinks to iron out. He's not very quick. And he pulls people's shirts when he gets nervous. Could have given a lot more penalties away than he already has. But I think Dickey's great. So there has been some good signings. But overall, the recruitment's the problem. So you need then you need to ask questions. Well, who is in charge of that? Who's overseeing that? I don't think it's the manager because it's not getting better or changing that much from manager to manager. But then again, Clive is sorry, David,
2: I'm just going to say this quickly. Leadership at the club seems to be a problem, full stop, doesn't it? I know I mentioned before, we, we went from a chairman that couldn't stop tweeting about every time he had a shout. And now we've got a case of like, there's nothing from the club, but we like leadership. I mean, you can tell me that Barbet and Cameron are good captains because they're not. I watch them and I've seen better captains. Um, and it's just, it's just. To me, is a duty of care really missing at Rangers, which is a shame because they're really lucky to have such a beautiful football club, and they need to start looking after it a wee bit better. And that's everyone, in my opinion. The thing is, not often, the podcast.
1: We said this many times before, but if if we could mirror the stuff we do off the pitch on the pitch, agreed. We'd, we'd probably be in the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? It's like Andy Emerson's team, the other guys involved, the stuff we do is just absolutely second to none, and and. So there is there is that organisation within the club. There is that that you know we can do things well. It's just that little, as Gordon Strachan once said, that little big green area, that that big green area over there where we don't have much luck with that <laughs> doing stuff.
3: Let me read. Um, let me read you this, and then I'll shut up. This yeah, is uh, sure. Tony Fernandez the week before the Brentford game. We should have known. We should have known. Whenever Tony know. gets involved and starts tweeting and getting involved again, it always goes to shit immediately. Tony Fernandez. Uh, the week before we lost at Brentford. QPR have been rebuilding. Six points off playoffs. Young team with some great players. Uh, The squad we have, plus players on loan, have the best attitudes and characters we've ever had. Players who've left, like Abir Eze, still come back and watch us play and keep an eye on results. Finally, we have built a great great culture. Let's see. Whenever Tony Fernandez sends a QPR Instagram or tweet out that ends with, let's see, it always immediately... Uh we do see preempts yeah. a complete meltdown.
2: We
0: do. Who's on, see.
3: Who's on, who's on lawn then? I don't see. Uh,
2: see we've got loan player. But... Oh,
0: okay. Mm. Uh talking so
2: of big... fullbacks, talking of
0: ineffective fullbacks, Hammerlinen on Saturday couldn't even take out Gareth Ainsworth properly <laughs> no. at the end. And this this is a man this is a man who's just slipped two discs in his back, Colla- two collapsed discs and had a massive operation. And Hammerlinen, a fit young international, couldn't even take him out. So the big big questions to be answered there um ours end ours end, I know what I'm going to say, so I will go first. I was one of those people that didn't couldn't watch the first half or most of the first half on Saturday because my stream went down and I couldn't get back in. I think Chris, you were in the same position yeah, yeah. um which is really annoying i missed um, I missed the goal um really annoying and but it does happen, and what I couldn't believe and we talk about this a lot was the vial on Twitter from people who were obviously frustrated, and I understand that, back to the club, and going through some of the messages like, you're pathetic, sort yourself out, all this sort of thing. And you think, they're not doing it on purpose. To my knowledge, there hasn't been a massive problem in any of the games that have been streamed since June so far. I would imagine it's quite a stressful time when your stream goes down and you're trying to get it back on for everyone to watch. What's the point in effing and jeffing towards the club's Twitter stream and the QPR Plus people? What is the point in that? How does it help in any way? We were all, a number of us were in the same boat. Just calm down when that sort of thing happens because I don't see how it helps anyone.
3: Worth adding to that. Worth adding to that that the team on the other end of that, both the social media and trying to stream games, are working massively shorthanded. On four day weeks with some furlough thrown in there, worried about their jobs on the other end of this, because mm. if QPR can put out their output at the moment with this many people working, then you know why do we need this many people? And why can't you work four-day weeks after this? So, you know, the person mm. there is a human being on the other end of that, worried about jobs, miserable about Christmas, just the same as everybody. So so many tweets get sent and people don't... There's a human being on the other end of that. We, you know, you just... Oh, I yeah. agree. I agree. That's my long agreement, Dave.
2: Be, be constructive, but don't be personal, I think, is maybe what we see. By the way, my stream didn't go down. I was absolutely gobsmacked and dismayed. Oh, unlucky, mate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I meant to everything you just said. I I ended up paying uh, 10 quid twice to... Um, uh, yeah,
0: because you think it's not working, don't you? Yeah. You think you haven't done it properly, so you pay again and again,
1: yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the gag is obviously, yeah. I wish I'd, I'd, I'd paid another twenty quid to not see the second half, but um, yeah, ours end. I just want to say congratulations to QPR. I won a trophy finally at the weekend. Bill Bailey, strictly come dark. <laughs> yes, one of our own. Um, yeah, brilliant, great, great. I, I'd say great to see. it. I didn't watch a bloody single uh, minute of it because I'm uh, uh, as soon as that, I hear that music, I dart upstairs. Um, but yeah, no, well, well done, Bill. Um remember chatting to him, walking walking back from a game to with a mate to Hammersmith, and he was just he's on the route back of his house. He was just outside. Oh actually ours get on and yeah, lovely fellow. So well done, Bill. Um well done for getting us a, a trophy in the cabinet. Let's hope it does go in the cabinet. And the only other thing is all the shit that's gone down this year. I just hope that yeah, everyone has as good a Christmas as they can and um and uh and yeah, look forward to uh, hopefully everyone going to football again next year. Five.
3: I did. I did actually watch it on Saturday to see if Bill Bailey won. They don't have to drag it out, don't they? Christ. I
0: I, I was worried we were going to be in tier five by the time it finished. <laughs> Is it always like that? No, it's it's usually an about an hour less, but because they do a show. On Saturday and Sunday, but the finals all in one go. And yeah, it was. Christ, too long.
3: yeah. Um, uh, QPR under eighteen midfielder Adam. I'm going to make a mess of pronouncing his surname Dugui, Dougui. D o u g u i, Algerian. Dougui, Dougui. Hey. Whatever. You're has been called up, over that. Has been called up to the Algerian under seventeen team. I'm sure this happens all the time or whatever. But there's a YouTube clip that I've tweeted of him of him playing in our youth team games. He looks rapid. Either that league is a very slow league or he is the quickest human that uh, that exists in it. So uh, I'm calling a new messiah. I'm oh, Jesus. It now. It's, uh, it's the new Dave Thomas, and uh, he's coming to save us all. Finny. it is. How long have we got?
0: <laughs> less, far less than you're going to take.
2: No, um right. First of all, I, I'm sorry for whinging about the state of football. I was really, really lucky to get into C2 games. And I don't mean to I know people didn't get seeing it because of various reasons. And I was very privileged and very lucky, but it was very strange, very bizarre, and um an interesting experience to say the least. Um and it's not like watching Rangers in the flesh because you need someone close to you that you can sort of hide behind and there's no one there, so you just left watching it with your mouth open. And so that was good to get in though, that that, that was good. And amazing how close you get parked to the stadium when there's no one there as well. Weird. Mm. Um, but like, um, yeah, just to hope everyone has a decent year. And and I know a lot of people have lost people this year through whatever reason. And there won't be. And this is what we forget about. There'll be people coming back to games. who so won't be coming with the people they went with for many, many years. And, and this is going to be a horrible time for them this time of year. So um, thoughts to all them. And just let's get some fun back in the club. Let's get everyone going down there again with smiles on their faces. And the only way to do that is to stop putting performance on the pitch that are better not necessarily even winning, just competing would be nice, I'd take a corner sometimes I don't mind, a corner that reaches one of our players would be a fantastic start and um, yeah, happy Christmas everyone and a happy new year and hopefully by the time we come back we'll, have, we'll, we'll before the Fulham game we'll have won some games and we'll be eating our words because that's what I want more than anything
0: That's almost the perfect way to finish off the podcast I think Yeah. Oh. Well done Paul uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas, Happy New Year! Thank you to everybody that supported us this year. We're not going to be here next week, um, so we will see you again in 2021. Come on, you ours Come on, you Rangers